Scene 5. A String Quartet. Shentlepie City on Tuscarora Mountain. Tuesday, Terse. Morning, 4th of July, 1284. 3rd of St. Swithin. Back in the tent of the High Inquisitor, Piccolo Cardinal Orsini holds a conference with the Duke of Philadelphia and the Baron of Amherst. Despite the apparent victory, the Cardinal is displeased and rants, How did your rangers get up there? The Baron of Amherst puts his hands together piously and says, As it says in the sacred scriptures, we called upon the Lord our rock, and he answered our prayer. We have the holiest clerics in Vinland on our team, and our prayers were not answered so dramatically. Amherst plays innocent. Oh, you know how it goes. You get some friends to vouch for you, slip a few coins under the table, drop a few names worth mentioning. It smooths the process, even in heaven. Piccolo Cardinal Orsini leans in and consults with his team and says, My high-level clerics heard the voice of the Lord, your rock, and they are saying that the rock says that the rock has not been mentioned yet. Do not forget that you cannot lie to the Inquisition. We specialize in detecting lies. I wouldn't dream of it, your eminence. If you want to go into specifics, we had help from a high-ranking elf who was disgruntled with the status quo, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to bore you with the details. Piccolo Cardinal Orsini interrupts. God is in the details, Lord Geoffrey. Speaking of details, whatever happened to the, you know, the way you talked before? The High Inquisitor is in no mood for chit-chat. What do you mean, the way I talked before? Wasquee Wabbit and all that rot. It's gone. If you must know, the tragedy of my brother's loss spurred me to overcome my speech impediment. Where there's a will, there's a way. Amherst whispers loudly, as if letting the cardinal in on a special secret. You're absolutely right, your eminence. That is how we are going to capitalize on this victory and bring success to the entire crusade. Great minds think alike. Laughs the cardinal sarcastically. Speak for yourself. Trust me, I do, your eminence, I do. In fact, I was just telling myself that a promise is a promise, and one long overdue promise is enough to ruin... Piccolo Cardinal Orsini stomps his feet. Okay, okay already, I get your point. You want your reward for completing this quest. My clerical advisors, however, still fear you might have entered into league with some unholy powers to pull this off. Amherst sits down and sips the beverage laid out on the table for him, soaking up the moment. He knows he's got the cardinal by the Beretta. In fact, I was going to invite our elves' special agent for you to interview. I'd prefer to meet no more elves in person. The pain at the loss of my brothers is still too fresh. Oh, nothing to worry about there, your eminence. I will simply describe her to you. After all, the holy office of the Inquisition knows better than any human institution how to read the secret thoughts of the Claiborne. If I were lying, you would find out in short order, would you not, your eminence? Go on, tell us about this special agent of yours. A disgruntled politician. Her name is Zena. She aspired to high office among the Fire Elves and was betrayed by their current vampire-in-chief. When she's not hell-bent on revenge, she is quite a lovely young elf and very open to hearing you preach the word of God. Who knows, you might make good Christians out of these pagans. Your common policy on Vendetta might help you too get along famously. The High Inquisitor rubs his chin. Hmm, 
Hellbent is a strong term among clerics, but not entirely inaccurate in this case. My inclination is to turn their forest paradise into an inferno. There's a certain poetic justice in destroying Fire Elf City with fire. Amherst rubs his chin, mimicking the High Inquisitor, and says, Hmm, I do see the poetry in that, Your Eminence, but I must warn you that setting it all on fire might not be as productive a strategy as your armchair theologians imagine. I highly recommend having a good conversation with our insider elf. She will tell you the real weakness of Fire Elf City. She is hell-bent on revenge. Piccolo Cardinal Orsini says, Can we please stop bending hell so much? Revenge is not as effective a strategy as most people think, and hell does not bend over backwards to help you. It only breaks your back with fruitless desires. Amherst comments, If only your wisdom extended far enough for you to practice what you preach. Piccolo Cardinal Orsini folds his arms and curls his bottom lip. When it comes to clerics, it's a totally different issue. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and I will repay them in due time that their foot may slide. The day of destruction is at hand, and the time makes haste to come. As the High Inquisitor, it's my business to right the wrongs inflicted against the Lord. Forgive me for being such a paltry theologian, being such a successful war leader, leaves me less time for books than I would hope. But I might propose the thesis that God is quite capable of handling all that vengeance stuff for himself. Piccolo Cardinal Orsini is irritated. You might as well nail ninety-five such theses to a door and see how far that gets you. Regardless, let us get back to more pressing issues. His lordship, the Duke of Philadelphia here, has his dwarves ready to set up weapons of mass destruction to bombard fire and doom upon the entire... Tut, 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 interrupts Amherst. We still haven't resolved the matter of my appointment as the crown governor general of Vinland. The cardinal waves his hands. That, of course, goes without saying. We'll have an elaborate inaugural ceremony for you after the... Nope the Baron of Amherst states firmly. He gets up and tosses his drink on the floor. Not going to happen. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. If I leave this tent without your promised appointment, I am going to order my rangers to withdraw from the platform they conquered, and I'm taking the rest of my contingent out of here. Piccolo Cardinal Orsini threatens. If you abandon us, I'll excommunicate your fanny from here to the place you like to bend so much. Excuse me, your eminence. You already tried that threat, and it doesn't work, especially not here, 150 feet below an enemy hell-bent on bringing vengeance down upon your head. You won't survive. At last, the Duke of Philadelphia intervenes. Your eminence, the Baron of Amherst has a point. Wars aren't cheap. As a feudal lord, I pay wages and have to replace fallen horses. A quick victory makes war profitable, while a prolonged siege can lead to financial ruin, even if we do ultimately win. You gave your word that whichever of us should make it to the top of an elven platform first should be named Governor General of Vinland. The Baron of Amherst won that race fair and square. I expect you to honor your word and proceed with the appointment. If you keep breaking your promises, none of us will make it out of here alive. Piccolo Cardinal Orsini consults with his high-level clerics and says, My advisors concur. If you don't want an elaborate inaugural ceremony, then we'll simply name you as Governor General of Vinland with a handshake. Satisfied, Amherst? The Baron of Amherst, still standing, replies tersely, No. I want the paperwork. 
The High Inquisitor's secretaries busy themselves scribbling up an official scroll and seal it with the Pope's own sigil. Piccolo Cardinal Orsini hands it to the Baron of Amherst and asks, Satisfied now? The Baron of Amherst takes his time to scrutinize the document and to consult with his advisors. With Brother Tuck's guarantee that the document is sound, Amherst finally turns to the Duke of Philadelphia and says, Done. Your grace, you may instruct your dwarves to commence operations and burn Fire Elf City to ashes. Duke William Penn bows. With your leave, your eminence, I wish to oversee preparations in person. Piccolo Cardinal Orsini nods and then says, Does anybody have a fiddle or a viol? I think we'll also need a lyre and a harp or um, a dulcimer, maybe a gittern as well. Puzzled, the Duke of Philadelphia asks, What's all that for? It's a little early to celebrate victory, is it not, your eminence? Nero played the fiddle while Roma burned to mourn the loss of all the art and culture around him. We'll need at least a string quartet to properly commemorate the loss of all the learning and artistic treasures up there on Fire Elf City.